ಲಕ್ಷೇಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣಿಮಾನಸಂದೃಢಧರಂಸ್ಥಾಪ್ಯವಾಕ್ಯೇಂದ್ರಿಯಂಸ್ವಸ್
and my mind was <laughs> fully functional and keeping me there. I had a lovely life um, as teacher and uh, a skilled artisan. And suddenly that changed. Uh, um, Eight months ago, I had a seizure, which um, was the precursor to uh, glioblastoma, tumours in my brain. I had them out at Christmas 21 and uh, began my journey. Well, I began my journey actually when the seizure started in um, September 21. When you get touched by the finger of God, you have to get your act together. And uh, so I began doing some spiritual research for myself. Having done this periodically anyway, but um, it led me to um, uh, realizing that um, I I needed to deal with the trauma and the suffering of my life. And when I got through that, I discovered um, when I came out the other end of my surgery, I met Sanjay. I need to get a second. <laughs> he kindly gave me that and invited me to the Satsang Consciousness Circle. And I'm so grateful he did because then I was able to put it, put it my life in perspective. I was lucky enough to have um, already encountered the power of gratitude and acceptance um, in my working life. I was a teacher and uh, a leader. That doesn't mean that that was easy. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, still, what, what happened for me was um, with a condition like glioblastoma, I found that the people around me um, instigated, wanted me to instigate war against this condition. My own cells were rewriting their programming and deciding to munch on my my faculties in my in my brain, the different parts of my brain. That's a tough call. Manifesting or actualizing um, uh, gratitude and acceptance for that. But that's what I did. So I thought, we're not calling this a war. I'm throwing all my love. Loving all my cells from top to toe and getting on with it like any other day. Getting on with my new my new um, limitations. So at first I lost my right hand. Um, it's still here, but it's limp by my side. And um, I lost most of my right leg. It's still here too, but... It means it's not working working properly, and uh, so that was pretty fun. I was I was two handed artist, you know, working with uh, um, high level cabinet making, and um, that was um, uh, and working for myself down here after I'd finished teaching, and so suddenly I found myself with a broken collarbone um, after my initial seizure, and then my hand turned off, and then I'm left so then I'm left in a condition where I can 
piece of ego and my mind would have liked to me to, do, to continue doing. My mind was trying to solve the problems, full, you know, constantly. And, and after my radiotherapy, my chemotherapy, I could see that my mind was calling it recovery. You're in recovery, Ben. It's all right. You're going to get better. We can solve this problem. Um, after another three months, I realised, or um, by September next year, I did, my um, limit, my mobility was declining, and um, I had to use a walking stick, and that then descended into wheelchairs, which um, I had a real pro- problem with initially because I didn't want to see myself as being disabled. I thought, I'm strongly in recovery here, I can do it. But I had to give in to that feeling. I had to um, release the, um, the, the connection with ego and I had to release the uh, insistence of my mind to regain that ego. What I understand now is that is that ego is just about the self of this world, the little self, which we think is the big self, but it's not. As I declined in my physical um, abilities, I became. I found that that um, I became more open. To sharing, to to sharing my, uh, well, my I needed other people to help me. I needed other people to support me. I was always someone who did things for himself, and um, I was very. And that was my life. I was proud of it, and um, a lot of good things done, and. When my support, I, I, I have support workers now, and I did a little bit of my old life using their hands and their legs, but now I find that I'm restricted to the chair, and and like even tonight, five minutes before this meeting, I had a little brain trickle, a bit of a fuzzy feeling. I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. But... Um, <clears throat> We just chilled, and um, I'm glad to be here talking to you tonight. Um, <clears throat> so, my what I've what I've discovered. Well, I've I had some help along the way. Um, I've been a fan of um, the Mahabharata and the Ramayana for many years, having taught them to students um, where I worked, <clears throat> and I've. I read the Bhagavad Gita. Of course, that's in the Mahabharata. Um, the Bhagavad has sustained me, and is this was the stepping stone to uh, Sri Ramana Maharshi. An easy jump, no, not even a jump. Just it was there, and <clears throat> so when I discovered the beautiful wisdom of the satsang that Sanjay um, provides, I could I could see very quickly the wisdom inherent in it. So 
Um, what I've what I've had to do um, is um, allow allow grace to permeate my being. That's being. I can see that's been the key. Funny thing is, our ego and our mind don't want us to see that. <laughs> they want us to see how simple it is. It's just there. It's just there. And um, I um, so people people have said, ask me, well, how do you do it? You know, how have you got black guy West Omer and how are you remaining so positive? Um, for me, it's one day at a time. Being is what's important. Being, just being. I, I say to them, I just hang out with my dog. My dog is exactly where I need to be right now. She's in the present. Um, she doesn't think about the future. She doesn't worry about past or, or either or. And I practice breathing with her. She has a deep breath. I take one too. We both need that. And um, so she's the mainstay, extraordinarily enough, that I would find, um, excuse me, ladies, but man's best friend, you know, is just that. They, um, they really touch our hearts and um, we've got a lot to learn from them. Um, the other, so Grace, Grace has been gradually creeping into my life through my support workers, through me allowing people to help me do the things I, I took for granted. And it's a beautiful thing, you know. It's a beautiful thing to allow people into your life like that, to share your um, experiences. So now I can see that this this lifetime, I uh, look. I should say, I've got three kids. They're um, uh, 30, 32, 31 and twenty six. They've been longer on this journey with my wife and I since it started, and um, no holds barred. We talk about everything. Death's certainly on the table, um, um, and. Uh, and they aren't delightful because they wander off and go back to their lives, you know. And I think, oh, God, I might die this week. <laughs> I hope they come back soon. <laughs> but they do come back. And, um, and it's lovely to let the world, to, to, to be the witness of the world doing its own thing, even with my children, who I would dearly hope to have close to me. But they do their own thing and I get to enjoy that. And um, it's so grace has allowed me to find the space in my inside myself of silence. Not an easy place to be in today's world. It takes effort. We have to practice it. I've been practicing it since I met Sanjay and uh, I still find it not easy and distracting, but you know what? It, it gives me so much uh, contentment to think, to think and 
while, while I watch the body disappear around me, <laughs> I'm lucky to have my faculties of my thinking and my, my speech. And I've said to my children, don't take that for granted. Might not be here next week. If you want to say something, you say it to me now. Um, and uh, it's just we, we can take for granted each other's company so easily and, and how we might speak to other people. Take their, take our own actions for, for they can take us for granted. We can um, forget that. It, um, I, I like to say to people um, when they call me and say, "Oh, so so good to know you. Um, thanks for all the help." I say, "I'm not dead yet. You might die before me." <laughs> no, so, um, so look, I. I really want to um, just say to all of you that we, I, um, this world is immensely enjoyable, even when things are getting really um, different, tough, or um, when your life has changed irre irrevocably, like mine has. I have, I have to say, I still have my lovely wife here. She's amazing and been with me on a long journey and we we all need people like that. They might not be our partners but they can be our friends and that's, that's part of, um, I think, this finite existence that we can make those kind of connections, those heart connections with people, find the grace in each other, find the grace in our friendships and dissolve our misgivings and our trauma and our suffering to give people. Move on. Thank you, Sanjay. Thank you, Ben. And thank you, Louise, who has, um, I believe she must have helped you to get onto the Zoom. <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful family, beautiful couple, you know, and lovely life. And that time so much of wisdom and not just uh, wisdom with Ben but wisdom with Louise, their family, good support, contentment, humbleness, happiness. This is amazing you know and the reason I wanted um, Ben to speak to all of us is because with small things we get worried and anxious and upset while you know we don't even know whether we will live next moment or not in this body. <laughs> and uh, as Ben said, nobody knows who goes first. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you think an oldie in the house who is suffering from a disease might go first, but who knows who goes first. So always take every moment as very precious and be humble and be full of gratitude because we have so much and the most important thing I'll tell you is happiness the true happiness of of staying genuine in your heart rather than pretending to be something else don't look your happiness in other size don't even look happiness in your bodily comfort don't look happiness in types of thoughts you're getting just be because all these are just fake, 
they are all delusional. You know, the happiness which we look into things and objects and situations in bodily comfort, a healthy body, healthy mind. What will you do with a healthy body and healthy mind when you are always living a fake life of egoistic life? What will you do? What will you do? Live a life what Ben is living. It's beautiful. And sometimes we need others' example to be in that space. Because we always think our problems are the biggest. We don't realize that, you know, anything can happen to anyone. So thank you, Ben, for sharing your beautiful, beautiful... Uh, and you know, I'll tell you one more thing which I want to add. People who have very clear end of the journey, though we all have very clear, you know, whatever your age, I, I can guarantee you're not going to live in this body for more than 100 years. But we can't plan that ahead. But if someone says you will leave this body in a month, maybe you will get to the self so quickly because you know you have a very limited time in the body, you know. And I think in that sense, it can also become a blessing. So, abide in your pure presence, which has nothing to do with body. Even nothing to do with mind. And when you start watching this ego from that place, Ego starts melting away before the body goes and you attain bliss. And when you attain that what you are or you realize what you are, then there is no death to you. The body might go away, it's like a costume. When your identity with the body dissolves, there is nothing else to be done. Body or no bad body, you know, you, you stay in that place. I think someone else wants to ask something. Dipali, you can unmute yourself. Uh, something like this happened with me within this 15-20 days. Um, I have a sister in US and uh, we had a talk about HRT treatment and uh, I spoke to my thyroid doctor. He suggested me mammography. Uh, just ninth, we had a word. Tenth, I got mammography done and it was diagnosed as malignant. Eleventh uh, was Sunday, then twelfth, we showed the doctor. He confirmed it, biopsy was done immediately. The tests were done immediately. Wednesday, I was operated. And uh, I don't know, by God's grace, I was not scared for a minute. I just kept repeating Hanuman Jalisa and uh, Raman Satguru in my mind like a... 
like a tape like a mechanical tape it just went on and believe me i went walking to the table even after the operation like i was not worried my husband was very 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 worried so all the more i had to put on that front but from inside there was no fear there was really no fear at all that anything is going to happen to me and cancer has happened to me and i have managed to keep my um, senses i would say or uh, like a uh, humor i've been cracking jokes on my cancer i've been uh, not crying at all i just cried once and uh, then i had my first chemo also so first week is on and it's terrible <laughs> it's really terrible but thanks to ramana it's in the mind uh, i'll tell you one thing uh, what the day i came to know that i have to do mammo i told my husband if he is getting my mammography done right out of nowhere he is saving me from something very bad that trust was always there and that what happened and now like the first week of chemo is on it's awful but uh that trust is there fine halfway is done have to go he saved me from something very very bad so it's just gratitude and and i don't know just gratitude very good are you feeling better now dipali uh today is the sixth day so it's a little better mm. in fact last wednesday i was listening from the chemo room only ट and i am not able to forgive those people i am not able to remove my hatred from them even now which i really want to do it all the more after this happening and every day i tell myself forgive them forgive them but you know still that keeps coming back and i know this is the step i had gone to the temple and i had told i have said to god i know this is not my test this is to transcend something i am aware of that and help me to do that and i know this is what i am not able to forgive people i mean some particular people and i and the day i do that i think i'll be peaceful i mean that, that will be really peace i'll get so you help me with that look we all can pray along with you that forgive everyone forgive everyone who has hurt any one of us 
and forgive yes. forgive us also because yes we have yes. done we hurt a lot of people yeah. yeah knowingly or unknowingly we must have hurt people so forgive yeah. everyone and forgive us and thank you do it from your heart we all can do let's sit in silence together forgiving everyone including this body mind which we are using and sending love unconditional love to all beings and blessings to all beings love which is not asking anything in return that is what unconditional love is and blessings to all beings because the self in all of us is uninvolved it is not playing any role not playing any games it is always free and it encompasses everything and it can bless everything including the body you are using no one to fight nothing to hate nothing to accept nothing to reject just keep things as they are just be no need for help from mind or intellect or from anything just be be in your own pure presence pure presence is love and pure presence is blessing grace give up all role playing in this world be the witness to what the body does you abide in your own blissful self and just stay there this pure presence is always this beautiful silence remember the silence all the time and bless everyone abiding in this pure silence
you know when the disease comes to the body sages says that you can make it as a tapas you know in india you go there are there are sages and they do standing on one leg standing in scorching heat in cold in water in river you know they do so many things which you can think as torture to the body but they take the name of god and they go beyond suffering now the suffering has come to the body in whatever disease you can use this body right now as tapas tapas is forbearance in spite of whatever happening you can remember that absolute with your unconditional love and you merge in it you can make bodily suffering to your blessing to go beyond body we all can do that and this is a great great opportunity not to be missed when a disease enters the body ben put it very nicely that what to fight i'll give you an example in i look after parkinson's patients and associated with parkinson's organizations so in victoria parkinson's organizations name was parkinson's victoria but recently they changed the name to fight parkinson's whom are you going to fight where is that parkinson's lives and if you call parkinson's devil how would you fight would you kill that person who is manifesting symptoms of parkinson's fight itself is not an acceptable word fighting against whom who is fighting against whom fighting means resistance fighting means unhappiness but who can understand this for every disease you will say they use this term fighting sometimes they use effort against a disease and that makes the disease more stronger because you take it as a serious matter that you have to now fight you know in imagery when ian goller used to take these cancer retreats and i was part of them in later years we used to have a picture in which there were cancer cells and then there were macrophages so these were visual imageries from electron microscope and we used to put those pictures and we used to tell patients that imagine wherever your cancer is that these macrophages are eating up that cancer cell and that part is healing and it's getting wiped off and there are no cells left and you are getting healed and you are feeling better and you will not believe i 
I can share a video with you in which they did, did this experiment while a lady was doing an ultrasound of the liver of some tumor or something and and everyone was there were few people surrounding that lady who had a tumor that this is disappearing and she had full conviction and on ultrasound you can see it is disappearing i have that video look i'm not here to give you any false hope but i'm just telling you that your mindset how you feel how you your belief system all this works and the suffering what we see in a disease can go away when you have a right attitude and that is what ben shared with us and dipali shared with us so thank you both of you thank you so much because whatever having said in satsang our identity with the body is so strong that when a disease like cancer or some something which can shorten our life life cycle can scare us but there are people with us who had no fear what better example can you get you know they are the true satsangis beautiful because because whatever you say all these people in this group will be will be out of this body how long you will be in this body 100 years maybe i don't know how pe- how old are people but i'm pretty sure in next 100 years none of us will be there in this body someone will go early someone will go late but how does it matter our attachment to the body should go first before we leave the body and then there is no issue then there is no problem because what death takes away death takes away this body from us but when your identity with the body drops or your your identity with that absolute is recognized then death or no death who cares we all are that awareness which has no body no mind no intellect and which has no death it is eternal so body is like a costume without this costume the awareness will be naked and beautiful we are that formless and nameless awareness we are always that even when we think we are this body so we say in hindu scriptures or sanatan scriptures i should say that this is just a drama this is leela in which forms are moving things are happening if you take out any meaning out of it 
you are foolish. There's no meaning to it. It's just a play. Someone is good in something. Someone is good in something. We create, we make, and then it just vanishes. Our attachment is the problem. You see, kids are better than us. They make sand castles, and then they, at the end of the day, they just kick those castles and they run away back home. But when we create our these castles. we want to keep them and we want to be there with them this is the problem otherwise do you think desires is a problem we always say about desire desires and desires are bad it is not a problem with desire it is the attachment which comes with the desire if you have a desire to eat an ice cream and you don't get an ice cream and you are happy as before no problem but if you start <coughs> renting if you don't get an ice cream then it is a problem so these attachments which comes when the, that's why strong desires we use the word strong likes this is a problem otherwise you can like a color or you can like a particular thing to eat that's not going to give rise to bondage bondage is our identification with objects and things and wanting that only when we get stubborn about things otherwise we all are fortunate we all had our share of things in this world which came to us and which was not ours it left or it lasted small time but that's all okay at the end even this body will be gone and all what we have collected around us we cannot even touch it from this body when the body is not there happiness is in not, none of these things we are that happiness always choose yourself than any object any mission any work and you will start realizing that when you choose happiness nothing leaves you you get more wealth you get more things you get everything nothing leaves you when you choose happiness self is that happiness so there can be a person who always abide in self not seeking anything he still thinks happens and he is always in bliss then another person has thousands of desires and he is seeking and some are fulfilled some are unfulfilled and because he is taking efforts as a doer to seek those desires even if of thousand one is unfulfilled he will be unhappy then how difficult it is to be happy 
when you're chasing your dreams and desires. Understand this simple truth. Chasing, seeking desires is a problem. But let's say you are conditioned in a way that you have to give an exam. That's fine. You try your best in your limited intellect. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That's part of the game. That you might have to give an exam and you have to fail. <laughs> That's fun. That, who knows? People take lottery tickets. Do you think everyone wins? Some win and some lose. Most of the people lose. What are we chasing? What are we looking? What happiness? What goals? Understand this is just a play. You win or you lose, nothing matters. At the end of this game, this body will turn into dust. Who, what are you proud of? Who will keep your legacy? Who has time to keep your legacy? People not think only about this moment of your living, but they think about the planned future. What's going to happen when I leave? How people will think about? Who cares about you? Everyone is busy in their own thinking. Nobody bothers about you. You know, since we started thinking, we have created our own imaginable suffering. This thinking is suffering. Understand this truth. Nobody asks us to think or perhaps maybe our conditioning asks us to think. Maybe this educational system asks us to think. Maybe people want us to be competitive and productive and whatever. And sometimes, you know, I'll tell you about a friend I met. His family told me that he always tried to find a trouble in life. He always thinks, what is going wrong in me? Or what is going wrong around me? And he says he's so smart that he will find something wrong. And then he, and then he suffers because of that. So his son told me that he tries his best to find something wrong around him. If he can't find something wrong in him, then he finds wrong in us. If he can't find wrong in us, then he finds wrong in servants or situation or something. And then he will brood. This is what the thought is, you know. Thought always takes you into a wrong direction. And it never stops. It will give you all excuses to keep thinking. And I'll tell you this thinking disease is so bad that sometimes people tell me, I planned this. I thought I have thought enough about this whole plan, but maybe I was wrong. I didn't thought, thought about this would happen or this would happen. And look, now this has happened. And I, and, and I made charts and I had consultancy firms, but I could not think about this happening. My God, so this is the other extreme people are into thinking. They think they are not thinking enough. 
So they need few more people around them to think for them, which we call as advisors, you know, financial advisor and this advisor and my God, you know. We have made mess of such a beautiful life because this gadget, we don't know how to use mind. You know, our mind must be crying in solitude that what type of employer I have who never gives me rest. He keeps me busy all the time. He's, he's so greedy and selfish and discontented. Always after something and more and more. One day this all will get silenced. But before this all gets silenced naturally, we have to find our own silence first. Then nothing matters. Don't worry about society, family, friends. It's all your mind game. We try to see our own image in society and what people will think and how we should do. Because we have stopped living. We are born, awakened, and then we start dreaming in our mind then we get married, have kids, family, all in sleep. And one day we are dead in this sleep. Living in mind, dying in mind. Never knowing the truth. Truth is most important, the most important than whatever you are doing in your life. If all what you are doing needs to be sacrificed, it is nothing. It is not even a sacrifice. You know, we talk about sacrifice. I want to tell this ego puts everything what we have if we leave it as a sacrifice. That's another trick. You leave everything and then you say, look, I left everything. Ego stays. Ego stays. Ego gets bigger. I have sacrificed everything for the truth. Then you can stand somewhere and you can shout that I have sacrificed all my life for truth. Who are you? Who is saying that? And if it is a sacrifice for you, I'm 100% sure you're still in bondage. That means, what is sacrifice? Sacrifice means something you think is so important but you have sacrificed for higher truth. That means you still think that was important. If this life is a piece of shit, will you call it sacrifice? <laughs> what sacrifice? 
no sacrifice. All the play of the mind and this ego which sprouts from the mind and makes you think and think and think and you live in this dream world all the time and miss this moment in which you are that bliss. That's why our definition of self is Sat Chit Anand. Sat means it's eternal. Chit means it's conscious. It is alive. It is more alive than what you think you are alive right now. And Ananda. Ananda means bliss. More than happiness. So eternal bliss in this conscious state is our true eternal nature. And we keep missing it all the time. Living in mind as mind. Silence is the door to come out of it. When we start liking this silence, remembering this silence and abiding in this silence, then the true state unfolds from within. And then your previous vasanas, your impressions and your interest and your strong desires will come back again and will pull you into this egoistic mode. But once you know where the silence is, you can watch from there and you can let go. If you call it effort, yes, you might have to put some effort to stay there. And you stay there and then if you want to move, you can't move. If you give it sufficient time with your efforts to stay there, that entity which you were thinking you are, from where you were doing this role play, will disappear. Whether it disappears or merges or it's an illusion, whatever, then you cannot move even if you want to. And, and what you call as wisdom, it's not that some words have come to you which is wisdom. You are wisdom. Bhagwan Ramana Maharishi says, desirelessness is wisdom. When you are desireless, what left is wisdom. But we are so anxious that we don't want to leave anything. We are holding everything tight and then we want to be free. You just have to open your hands and you are already free. Nobody is holding you. All of us should know this truth before we leave this body, that we are free. 
mind is not holding us we are holding the mind what is this brahman what nila kantanji was saying in this start you know that shloka of adi guru shankaracharya remembering brahman what is brahman this is brahman where the mind stop operating where there is no intellect where there is no planning where is nothing to accomplish nothing to show nothing to do nothing to attain just be and be in that brahman all the time people ask me how long we should meditate i would say you get up in morning you meditate till you go to bed you meditate then what will happen is even in your dream which is not your state it is a state of mind you will be in that witnessing and then comes deep sleep state of mind again you will be in awareness and so all the three states are all external to you and you stay as awareness in your bliss so that bliss which is unknowing to you in deep sleep percolates in all the three cycles of mind because it is separate from mind it is not mind it is you this mind has superimposed on our true nature and it will be like this unless you investigate and go deep within to find this jewel within you and be with that we all have a limited time in this body we don't know how long we are living in this body so finish this task first and then whatever time is left just enjoy in that bliss there are very less fortunate people who know when their time is approaching most of the people just go like this some people sleep at night and next day they are found dead we don't know knowing the truth is the most important task for all of us mind plays tricks it postpones our own realization as if we have plenty of time to spare but we don't have and that grace of self is waiting for us to embrace but right now we say look excuse me i don't have time i have to do this i have to do this and when i'll turn 99 i will look into it any cost to be in this place is less understand this you know in bhagwan's time people living with bhagwan 
they were beggars but they were also very rich and very educated and and i remember one of these persons got a very high position job was offered to him he never applied for it and he asked bhagwan's permission to leave and bhagwan in his own way refused <laughs> didn't say anything which means no and he stayed because even if you get the best job who gets the best job what would you do what would you achieve more name wealth fame for whom for ego why you came to bhagwan to get rid of ego what a true guru we are blessed to have a guru like him who is not there to please you or please your ego he is there to make you him bring you to the state what he is in remember bhagwan in your heart by staying like him don't think all the right things was happening around him but he was unconcerned unaffected uninvolved that is what we all are Abide in your pure bliss all the time. Give importance to that silence. If we give importance to the silence, what Bhagwan used to sit all the time, and when you will get even a glimpse of it, you know you will become devotee of Bhagwan. then you are sold to him forever because his path is no path it is we call it direct path but it is easy as simple you don't have to you don't have to follow any dogmas any religion nothing no yoga no pranayam nothing nothing to be done thank you everyone thank you that we are all here together and I'm so happy that people are abiding in self and going deeper in it. What 
a beauty to be seen. So nice. We are all so blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.